All right. So welcome to the Handmade Business Diary podcast brought to you by Craft Savvy Market. Today's episode is hosted by Charlene and Seattle May. And we are two of the four co-founders of Craft Savvy Market. So guys, we're into our second season and I hope you have been enjoying it. We've been having fun with this one. It's all about winning season. And we are talking today about winning and really how to get from an idea in your head, that great product idea you have all the way over the finish line into a business or what I like to say, idea to income. Okay. So we're talking about how to get um, on that road to the championship and really um, all of the episodes in this um, season have been talking about how you can win with your business, taking the sports analogy very far. You know, we're talking about coaching, we're talking about strategy. And I mean, today we're really talking about how you get from point A to point B. Um, how do you go from daydreaming about that goal, about that amazing new product to achieving your goal? And when we say business, we say it loosely. Um, it, it could be a full board business. Maybe, you know, you could be the next um, Amazon or the next Joanna Gaines, but mm-hmm. it could also be, hey, it could be a thriving side hustle. So whatever that endpoint looks like to you, we want to talk about some specific steps you can take. And frankly, our stories of how we went from idea, the idea phase into generating income from our idea. So Seattle, what comes to mind when you hear the word strategy? Well, first of all, I love that from idea to income. I think we can all get behind that. <laughs> hey. Ideas are great, but an inc- uh, idea that generates income is even better. So when I think of strategy, I mean, I really think of intentionality. I think of being specific, honestly, a well thought out plan. So it's really just something that is um, not random. It's something that you have given some thought to before you put it to action. So Charlene, tell me a little bit more about that. No, I think that is true. And, and and it's tough to hear that because I think a lot of things with business are trial and error. Mm-hmm. So some of it came with, I had a plan and the plan didn't go as expected, but some of it is just kind of putting yourself out there and figuring it out. So I want to be straight up. It is great to have a plan. It is wise to have a plan, but don't let not having a perfect plan hold you back from action if, if you take nothing away from this. But I will say that if I'm honest, I'm stronger on the ideas in the creative side. I love the research phase and coming up with my trends and colors, but I'm not as good with execution. I'm not as good as, you know, some of those administrative bits, kind of the, you know, the hard clunky work that it takes to establish your business and generate income. But I know from experience that avoiding some of those non-glamorous, non creative pieces can keep you in hobby mode versus generating that income. So let's talk about it all the way from ideas to the business. So Sierra, could you tell um, the audience, our audience about what you sell in your idea to business story? Yes, let's get into it. So my business is the bookish African girl. We're a book community. We also um, promote just teas and um, cards and journals that really celebrate Um, writing from African writers. But to get there, it was quite a journey. (laughs) So for our journey for Craft Savvy Market, my business is kind of tied to the journey of Craft Savvy Market because I launched the business when we launched Craft Savvy Market at our very first market 
way back in March of 2018. And one of the products I did was a headband. Why did I do a headband? It has nothing to do with book community, but you know what? I thought the headband <laughs> was cute. Headband in your I life. figured who didn't want an African um, inspired headband? So I did headbands. I did some Ankara material that I thought was gorgeous. And I, I came out with my headbands. Also I had some, I think I had some cards as well, but really my headband was my big thing. And hey, Nobody bought the headband. <laughs> Nobody bought the headband. I mean, in five years later, I have more focus. I've actually, I sell more t-shirts, more cards and journals and really thing that's connected to what I love as a writer. And I think the lesson for me was just that it's great to have ideas and it's great to just put things out there. And like Charlene said, it is trying and an effort. I mean, you know, everything is not going to be perfect. Nobody has the perfect plan, but anytime you can just put a little more thought into it before you just release something, the, to me, the more your dividends will be. So I didn't sell a lot of headbands at my first one. I do have it at my house so I can wear it whenever hey. I want to. <laughs> it did not go to waste. I got lots of different headbands I can rock. Um, but to this day, the things I've sold the most were my t-shirts and my journals. And I think because um, because of my passion for for books and for writing, so it just kind of flew naturally. Um, and so I just found for myself that from idea to business, I just had to learn to to really get a little more specific, a little more intentional. And the more I could be intentional, I think the more dividends I could see with my business. So that, that, that is, that, that's, that's, that's me where I'm at. Story. And that's so encouraging, Sarah, that you, you started with the headbands, the, head, head, the headbands didn't pan out and you didn't give up. You kept it moving. Are there other things that really worked? You think about how you first put yourself out there with Bookish African Girl, things that you think, man, I'm really glad I did that. And then other things that you, you know, um, besides, hey, making sure it tied in with your brand that you wish you had did. Anything else? Yeah, I think just for me, I've learned what really works is just as much as you can get feedback from people. Because, you know, sometimes you're passionate about something, but it's easy to just be in a bubble as an artist and say, <laughs> yes, I love this. This is awesome. Who wouldn't love it? Well, your audience may not really love that. I mean, there are some things that you may put out there that maybe your audience may not love, but it, it has deep meaning to you. But I think your business has to be a little bit of both. Maybe something your audience wants and something you're passionate for. Because if you're just the only person who is passionate about it, you didn't get feedback, then you know, nobody else may buy it, you know? Um, and one other thing I've learned is just marketing, how important it is to get, um, to have a plan for marketing, you know, don't get surprised if nobody buys anything, but you didn't put some thought into sharing or advertising it for people to know that you have these awesome goods that they can purchase. So that, that's, that's so smart. And I think, um, there's a lot of common points between your story and my story, Sarah, because Imagine what would have happened if you had started your business and set up a big website and all this other stuff. I think it's great that you you went to a market first and yes, you went to sell your stuff, but you kind of went to learn too. And I, mm -hmm. I think you took those learnings to heart and you used that insight to get to where you are now. So just kudos to you for not keeping your idea in your head. I love your bookish African girl totes journals. She makes like print journals there. Totally cute. And I, I do think it, it ties in really well with the broader community flow. So shout out to Bookish African Girl and getting the idea out of your head. Um, my story uh, goes back a, a little longer than Seattle's yes. in terms of my business. <laughs> um, but I'm the owner of Swakoko Betty and pretty much I create African inspired clothes for women who want to show up as their authentic selves. And um, I had the idea for a while. It's kind of weird. I went to school for engineering. I worked for a few years and I always loved fashion. I went back to school for fashion and being a Liberian living in Atlanta, I always wanted to combine those two cultures in terms of Liberian and African. And 
I sat on it and I remember my husband who's into music, his artist was going to a festival and I really heard God speak like, hey, it's time. Go ahead and start that business. Combine, you know, the African style with the American design. So much like Seattle's story, I made samples um, and I went to this uh, festival. It's called Africa in um, Africa in April. I, I don't even know if Africa in April <laughs> is still around, but child, I, I threw my little clothes in the car. I rented, rented this car from Enterprise, drove six hours to Memphis. I remember staying with like some old co-workers and um, I popped up the tent, similar to what you said, and started selling stuff. And that's how the business started. And um, I really got a lot of um, great feedback from that, um, from that, from that initial sell in terms of people saying, oh, I love this style. This is cool. The other thing I call out about how I started is that um, it was a really small production run. I didn't hire this big old factory, you know, somewhere. Um, I had fabrics in a suitcase that my uncle had sent me. So I said, okay, I got this fabric. I know a local seamstress. Let me just make a few um, samples. And um, I used pretty much styles that I wanted to see things that um, I thought would be cute. Um, didn't have a website. I don't think I had a, I'm pretty sure I didn't have a logo. <laughs> I didn't even have business cards. I got clowned for that for sure. It's like, how are we going to keep in touch with you? So probably should have business cards in some way for people to keep in touch with you. But um, after the Africa April Festival, I did an even bigger market in Atlanta and um, it took me probably nine months to get to the first website and the business really steadily grew from there in terms of in-person events, more income from the website. Um, and then eventually I started selling in stores, mostly consignment accounts. And then, you know, more recently wholesale stores. So there's a lot that's happened in that story, but that is at a high level, um, you know, um, how I went from idea to business. Wow, that's a great story, Charlene. Charlene has been the game for a long, yes. long time. Old timer. So you can take some gems. And actually, did, did Mina go with you out of town? I she did. You know why? One so, of the so co-founders. One of the other yes. co-founders was there yes. from Swako Kobeti way first back model, in the day. One of my first sales wow. assistants. Yeah. yeah. So you get a little history and connections with this one. Getting the, getting the juice. Um, I will say one thing, because I think um, we talk about being intentional and, and planning, but one thing Charlene shared that just made me think to share this one. There's a big difference between being intentional and overthinking, right? Mm. Intentionality <laughs> is is you're actually, you have a, um, a thought. You may not know all the answers, but you're trying to move somewhere. It doesn't mean that you have everything thought out. It doesn't mean you have it all perfect, but you're trying to move in a direction. When I think of overthinking, Come on. that's actually fear. That's actually <laughs> what you do not want to do. So, and I'll try to give as best I can an example. So intentionality might be like, you know what? I'm going to try and sell at this market in two weeks. I've never been there before. I'm going to get some goods and give it a try. That's sincerely being intentional. Overthinking would be, I really want to go to this market. <laughs> Who's going to buy my stuff? Oh my gosh. And do I have get enough stuff? <laughs> so, so you got to take action. Yes, I mean, Lord. intentionality to me means you're moving towards action. If you are not taking action, you are in the overthinking bucket, which is not where you want to be. You want to be intentional, but intentionality is action as opposed to overthinking where it's like, they're, they're definitely not the same. Overthinking will be you stopping yourself from doing anything. And so you really got to strike a balance with those. We can really hide behind that planning yes. stuff where it's like, well, I don't have this detail figured yes. out, so I won't do anything or I'm scared to make a decision because I want to have a perfect plan. So I'm really glad you said that, that. There's a difference between being intentional yes. and just taking a moment to say, okay, these are the steps I need to take yes. to get there. It might yes. not might not be perfect. It might be messy, but I'm going to take the steps. 
versus just sitting there and swirling in, overthinking and playing the what if game. So, yes. yeah, you, you just get out of my head with that because yes. that struggle is real. It is real. It is really real. So, Charlene, these are some things I heard is really focus on getting feedback on a rough prototype. Maybe yes. just be open to suggestions, getting some feedback, um, really iterate your product and invest from there. We're not talking about perfection. Just try and start from somewhere. Have a plan for marketing, um, some ads or identified target markets. So have some plan of how you're going to really get this out and a plan for sales. How are you going to sell it? Where are you going to sell it? Just to think those things through. Yeah, I mean, I think that was something common between our two stories, getting the feedback early. You don't want to invest a lot of time, energy and really money into a need that doesn't exist. So I think a lot of times starting with an idea or a business idea, you kind of see a need or maybe it's a need you have and you're mm -hmm. like, maybe other people have this need. But I think it's so important to kind of test that out. And, um, you know, because if it hadn't worked out, I would have been mad if I had dropped like 50,000 or 100,000 into it. I think the other piece of my story in terms of what didn't work was that I mentioned I'm really creative. I really love the product development side. And it, it took me too long to really get focused on marketing and mm -hmm. emailing customers, building a customer list. I mean, I remember I do like five, 10 shows didn't collect nary an email. And it's like, was I crazy? I mean, so that marketing part, um, you know, we joke, these clothes won't sell themselves. These items won't sell yep. themselves. If, if you're not intentional about the marketing, um, you, your idea won't get to the thriving business that it deserves to be. So I think that is uh, something that I learned from and I've gotten a lot better at over the years um, versus where I started out before. So good. So good. So I'm Charlene, maybe we can share some strategies that can just really um, guide them. I mean, we shared our stories. Maybe we can just talk a little bit more about just some specific strategies that will guide their priorities and guide your work. Maybe we can share. I know for me, one thing I thought about is just vision. Vision being what do you want? What is it that you want? Sometimes we have great ideas, but what is it mm. that we want? What is Where are we going? What do yeah. we want? Um, I know for us, for a craft savvy market from day one, we've been focused on handmade makers, um, not just, I mean, there are lots of different types of makers out there, but we're really focused on handmade makers. That's been our area. That's what we are passionate about. And so that really helps us in terms of ideas and moving forward to know that that's, that's our vision. That's what we're all about versus trying to get every maker under the sun. I mean, of course, we want to help as many people as possible, but that's what we're speaking on our experience with handmade makers. So Charlene, what else can you share? Yeah, vision definitely needs to be there. That's kind of your North Star. The other thing, and it, it overlaps a bit with number one, is understanding your market. Um, just really knowing what space you're playing in. I mean, for us, you know, when we stepped, you started Craft Savvy Market, we were aware of there are other handmade markets in different in size, different in price point. So I think it's really important to understand the space you're getting into, the trends, and even knowing what's missing, right? So you you create that big picture. This is what this market is. And, you know, I always joke like there, I listen to YouTube a lot and there's a hundred different YouTubers, but there's certain YouTubers who speak like me on the same topic. So I'm going to, I'm more likely to listen to them. So I think part of a good strategy is being able to understand what might be missing from a space and, you know, something, a way that your business, your idea can meet that need, can contribute. So the other thing I call out about understanding your market is that it's always changing. A strategy is not something where you fix it and forget it. My 2015 strategy was different from my 2018 strategy is different from my 2021 strategy. And, you know, you always have to be kind of aware of, okay, this is what I'm seeing with my customers. This is what I'm seeing in the space and kind of tweak and adjust based on, you know, some of those external forces that you can't control. 
Sarah, what's the third one that you would say? So I know for me, definitely the specific set steps to take to get it done. Like what are some things that need to happen in order to get this done? I know for me that I try to write things out. So as much as I can write stuff out to know, okay, we've got this. This is an idea. I want to make it work. But what steps am I going to take? And to put some time on there. <laughs> There's something like putting some time on there. I want to do this by the end of February. I want to do this by the end of March. What is it that I'm trying to do? And to put time on there because you know, the reality is that sometimes you may push past that timeline, but at least it's there as a marking point. Yeah. You're like, okay, I really need to get for real. But if you just put the steps down, that's that's good. That's a good start. But you want to put some time on there. I know for us, for Craft Savvy Market, that when we put time on things, that makes it like, okay, we really need to take care of this at this point in time. And you, for my bookish African girl community, I've had to write some things out that I will do. And if I don't put time on it, it just doesn't get done. I mean, if there's something specific in a month that maybe I need a highlight for African writers, I have to know that in advance to take those steps and to put the time there or it won't get done. So taking specific um, steps and specifically trying to put some time on there, even mm -hmm. if it's not a specific date, maybe you want it by this day. Yeah. That's really helpful in order to get it done. No, th that is so true. And Sarah keeps us really honest at Craft Savvy Market because we'd be coming up with ideas. It's like, when's the deadline for that again? Um, one quick step before they get it done and making a plan step that Sarah mentioned that I, I left out. But, you know, you, you've you set your vision, you understand your market, number three. And this is what that plan that you mentioned will be based on is figuring out how you want to compete, right? So talking about idea to income, idea to business, you know, you kind of have to look and, and kind of decide What's going to make me stand out? What's going to make Charlene's stuff special? Is it my product is amazing? Is it the fact that I can get it to them in two days? Is it the way I do my marketing, the vibe of it? Maybe it's my price point where it's like, man, if I want an African dress for 20 bucks, Charlene is the one. Whatever it is, there's no right or wrong answer, but you just have to decide because those decisions will inform the kind of steps that you take to reach your goal. So just yes. wanted to throw that out there. And then, Seattle, you want to talk about resources? Yes. What resources will I need to get Listen. it done? We're talking about money. We're talking about <laughs> funds. And we're talking about partnerships, yes. you know, to make these things happen. Um, we joke a lot. It's like, this product is not going to make itself. <laughs> this brand is not going to build itself. No. I got to get some funds and some resources. And, you know, you really have to do the math on that. Where can I Where can I go to get these funds? How much funds do I need? Um, it costs money to launch things, and to really think about about what you have and maybe what you're able to do. That's really helpful um, by adding new products is great, but you just have to think about the, the risks and just um, and the reward and just, and just think that through. So whatever resources you need to try to get that secured. And it, it may not be money, maybe partnerships. Somebody could partner with you to get it done where you're not spending money, mm -hmm. but you're bartering with them, but you just need to consider or that. Maybe in it's influencer partnerships or, or a manufacturing yep. deal. You know, it yep. can be, so many things. So we, we talked about our stories. We talked about kind of some textbook things that, you, that pretty much a big corporation would do this. The mom and pop shop should do this. Your handmade business should do this about vision, understanding your market, uh, figuring out how you're going to compete and what's going to make you what you're going to use to set yourself apart for what specific steps you're going to take to get it done. Um, and then five, what resources that you're going to need, whether it's money or partnerships or other things to reach your goal. So, Sierra, you know, we kind of think about our conversation, what part of being strategic or taking, you know, your ideas out of your head into your reality that do you want to grow in? Which one would you say? I would definitely say partnerships. I would definitely say partnerships. I really want to 
to to make more of an effort to partner with others. I think to put myself in a place where I can help someone grow, they can help me grow, we can kind of grow together. So definitely for me, 2023, I want to do more partnerships, more connections, more networking with other people, um, and just connecting with other um, others in the book community. What about you, Charlene? That's good. Those those partnerships are the move of the multiplier effect. Um, yes, I, I want to second that. And I'd say just continuing to buck, buckle down on my marketing. Um, I know the space that I compete in is very crowded, so it's important for me to just be intentional about being different and kind of setting myself apart and being very clear on what that is. So I want to continue to sharpen myself in that area. And then the second thing is just kind of going back to Seattle's point about getting out of my head. I think Sometimes when you launch a business and you want to expand or do something new, it's so easy to just kind of stay on the track you've already been on. And, I, you know, I know this episode is talking about idea to business, but if we're honest, this is a cycle. Like if I had started, say, with the same business, with the same product or idea I had 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I wouldn't still be in business. So this is an ongoing cycle, even if you already have a business, hopefully you're changing your products, you're releasing new products, maybe you're even pivoting. You're saying, hey, today I'm selling clothes. Tomorrow I want to get into housewares. And I just say this to encourage you. It's Sometimes it's just so hard to change and pivot. You might have to go back to that yes. idea and, and get back in the saddle and walk through these steps in terms of getting that new idea out of your head into reality. So I encourage you. The struggle is real, but guys, we can do it. That's so good, Charlene. And I'm, I appreciate Charlene for sharing that because Charlene has been in the game for a long time. So just because you've been in the game for a long time does not mean it gets perfect, but it means that you have to recognize that, you know what? I'm starting to do that overthinking again. I'm trying to get in my head. I need to stop, pivot, and move forward. So just to share that, you know, you may feel like, oh, I just got in the game that why am I doing this? It's like, it can be something that can, a challenge you can face in the <laughs> long run. So you have to actively address that and say, you know what? I'm not going to get in my head. Fear will not have me bound. Yes. I am moving forward moving forward so let's see let's talk about um where they can find us charlene can you share where they can find us yes yeah, so um we want to uh just thank you guys for listening in i hope you're enjoying the winning season and the things we've been covering us uh like sarah said you can find us on the socials at craft savvy market you can find us on instagram on facebook we have a beautiful facebook group called makers making moves because that's what we're doing so join that group for some exclusive content. Uh, make sure you're on our email newsletter to also keep up with our latest happenings. And we want to hear from you. Please, yes. please, please go ahead and hit five stars for this episode. Subscribe. Um, you know, we really want to just join together as makers and learn from each other and grow together. So yep. Definitely, we um, invite you to uh, give us a follow and give yes. us a share. Yes, and tell a friend if you, this is helping you, this is helping your business, share with another maker friend or another friend in business that benefit greatly from this. All right, we enjoy having you here with us and we can't wait to see you at our next episode. Take care. Until next time, right, bye. bye.